Hey guys, I'm Pranav. And I'm Sasha. And we're the Quarantines. So today's topic is about influenza. Influenza, or the flu, is a highly contagious acute respiratory illness caused by the influenza viruses. When an infected person coughs, sneezes, or talks, respiratory droplets are generated and transmitted into the air, and then they can be inhaled by anyone nearby. Influenza can cause mild to severe illness, and it could develop pneumonia if the illness is severe. Influenza viruses can infect humans and other animals too. The flu infects humans in usually seasonal epidemics, although some tropical regions experience endemics. The flu viruses are constantly changing, and doctors and researchers always need to update the influenza vaccine so that we don't get the flu. For most people, influenza resolves on its own, but sometimes the flu and its complications can be deadly. People at a higher risk are children under the age of five, adults older than the age of 65, and pregnant women. About 8% of the U.S. population gets sick from the flu each year, which is around 26 million people. Although other factors probably contribute as well, the main reason we have a flu season is because flu is spread easier in the cold and dry weather, and it's able to just invade our bodies easier. There are four types of the influenza virus, A, B, C, and D. Human influenza A and B viruses are the seasonal epidemics of the disease known as the flu season, and influenza A also are known as the flu pandemic viruses, and they can cause pandemics such as the 1918 flu epidemic that we're going to talk about. A pandemic can occur when a new and very different virus emerges and infects people, and it has the ability to spread fast. Influenza type C generally causes mild illness and are not known to cause any epidemics. Finally, influenza type D uh, primarily affects cattle, so they're not really responsible for any illness in people. The influenza virus is determined by the proteins on the surface of the virus. There are two that we like to distinguish, hemagglutinin and neuraminidase. That's where we can get the example of the H1N1, which we're talking about in a few. So the H stands for a subtype of hemagglutinin, and the N stands for neuraminidase. There are four influenza strains that circulate in the human population. So there's the H3N2, the H1N1, and two type B variants. And these viruses spread seasonally each year because of a phenomenon known as antigenic drift which is basically that these viruses evolve just enough to evade the human immune systems, but not enough to develop into new versions of the virus. Yeah, so influenza is usually self-diagnosable. So one notices that they have fever, chills, muscle aches, cough, congestion, runny nose, headaches, or fatigue, they likely have influenza. However, these symptoms can easily be confused with those of the common cold. In contrast, the symptoms of the common cold, including fatigue and muscle pain, are a lot less severe than when the patient has influenza. Through cold, onset is gradual, but it develops pretty suddenly during influenza. So as Pranav said, there are types A to D, but these differentiate mostly through how they spread, rather than the symptoms or severity itself. So nowadays, people who have influenza symptoms feel that they actually have the coronavirus because many of the symptoms are similar. Mostly, people experience pain in the muscles, 
fever, cough, which is dry or phlegm, chills, and sore throat. In a few extreme cases, people go through shortness of breath, chest pressure, and nausea. So if your infection is not treated in time, this can result in ear infection, diarrhea, asthma attack, pneumonia, and possibly cardiac issues. So now let's take a look at the 1918 influenza pandemic. The 1918 flu pandemic was the most severe pandemic in recent history, and it was caused by the H1N1 virus. It spread worldwide around 1918 to 1919. It is estimated that around 500 million people, or one-third of the world's population back then, was infected with the virus. And the number of deaths was estimated to be at least 50 million worldwide, with about 675,000 occurring in the United States. With no vaccine back then to protect against the virus, there was a lot of non-pharmaceutical interventions such as isolation, quarantine, and good personal hygiene that were used to combat this virus. Officials say in some communities, they imposed quarantines and ordered citizens to wear masks and shut down public places, including schools. The first wave of the 1918 pandemic occurred in the spring and it was actually quite mild. The infected uh, experienced typical flu-like symptoms such as chills and fever, and they were usually recovered in several days. However, the second wave was super contagious and it was very deadly. Victims died within hours or days of developing symptoms because lungs started filling with fluid that caused them to suffocate. The reason why the 1918 flu was so deadly was because a group of three genes enabled the virus to weaken a victim's bronchial tubes. And this cleared the way for this flu pandemic happened during World War One. So concentrating those millions of troops in a small area is the ideal circumstance for a virus to spread. Yeah, so always prevention is the best way to avoid getting the disease. So wash your hands regularly and practice good personal hygiene in general. Avoid large crowds in a flu outbreak, cough, cough, coronavirus right now. Um, Stay home if you develop a fever for 24 hours, even after it goes away. And always cover your mouth when you cough or sneeze, even if you don't think you're sick. So treatment for minor cases, of course, for the cough are throat lozenges and bed rest. And more advanced cases require fluid replacement, which helps the patient avoid dehydration due to the sweating and bleeding. So the patient either consumes an electrolyte drink such as Gatorade, um, which is known as oral hydration therapy, but other patients go to the Murphy drip, which is a rectal infusion apparatus, where large quantities of liquids are inserted into the rectum to avoid diarrhea and other fluid loss. So it's um, treatment, there's no actual cure, but of course there are three drugs that help um, diminish your symptoms. They are Relenza, Tamiflu, and Rapivac. So these aren't the vaccine, but they do help diminish your symptoms and overall help the patient um, regain their energy after losing a lot of fluids. So some lessons that we learned from this outbreak were that we really need to start blocking the source of rumors, whether it comes from the government or whether it comes from the internet too. In the, our case, back then it wasn't there. but. During the second wave of the Spanish flu, there was an outright censorship in most of Europe. So that really shows that people might not have known the severity of what's happening outside. Another thing is that public health is the best defense. And we learned that 
at the time during the 1918 pandemic, the disastrous effects of the virus. And in the United States, only middle class and upper class citizens could visit a doctor. And now that the government has public uh, health resources in case of pandemics, they're ready to enact public building closures, social distancing, quarantines, and getting those medical professionals to all people in the country. And finally, one last note, a huge thing that uh, we learned from the 1918 pandemic was social distancing. It is a key thing that we're talking about even right now, and it worked back then too. And it was really successful in deterring away the virus. So with that, thank you guys for listening. This is the end of our episode, and next week we're going to discuss the plague. So remember, please wear a mask and socially distance if you go outside. Stay home and listen to a podcast instead of going outside. (laughs) Yep, definitely listen to Sasha there. All right, we'll see you guys.